We all know that angst when there are things we just don't know how to talk about. You know, the things we keep secrets about, like our sexuality. We're Sean and Helena Bonito, and we welcome you to the Secret Habit Podcast. We find it so hard to find couples willing to talk about sex and how to live out God's design for sexuality. This is why we are here, to be that couple for you. Relational challenges around sex can be so awkward to talk about. That is why this podcast is all about authenticity with a heavy dose of fun. We want you to experience hope that inspires change. The kind of change that helps you laugh stronger, laugh harder, and sex better. Let's go! talking about a sensitive topic today and it's the topic of pornography and we just want to be very gentle when it comes to this because we understand that there are people that they might know somebody who's struggling with pornography there might be somebody listening right now that is struggling with pornography and has a story there might be somebody that who loves somebody and is in a in marriage with somebody that is struggling with pornography and or maybe kids that struggle with pornography and so the the topic can be sensitive and that's why we want to take time to be um gentle and take time to also come as friends come as somebody who cares and yeah and, and to be safe to just have a conversation so i would like for sean to start sean is a great person to talk about this we're just gonna chat here and I would love to ask you, Han, like, what does even pornography mean? Like, can, can you explain, yeah, what does pornography mean today? Yeah, well, you say that I'm a great person to talk about this topic. I don't know if that's a compliment because of my story, but I will take that. And yes, I have uh, much experience with this topic. And it's awesome that you kind of prep it saying it's a sensitive topic because one of the things we share with our clients who are struggling with pornography is like compassion and kindness goes so much further than willpower and annihilation. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really powerful that you started that way. So thank you for that, Helena. So the question of what is pornography, I think there's a great quote or analogy in the book Unwanted that I glean from a ton, but he's talking about Jay, the author, is talking about this idea of like smoke versus carbon monoxide. And smoke, as the analogy says, is like obvious to see and smell. And that's kind of like the mainstream, hardcore, obvious pornography with internet pornography, pornographic magazines, Mm -hmm. you know, R-rated movies as an example. Like that's obvious stuff that we know is pornography. I don't think anyone would question like what is porn. Like everyone kind of knows like those websites, that's porn. But then there's carbon monoxide style, which is kind of the stuff that carbon monoxide is, you can't smell it, you can't see it. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the Instagram, the YouTube, the movies we watch, the Hollywood stars, the music we Mm -hmm. listen to as an example, like all has this aura of pornographic material. Because back in the day, like, I don't know, 60s, 70s, like what was hardcore pornography is basically what we see on social media today. 
So like that question, like what is pornography? I think it's important for us to know like the two camps, like there's the obvious stuff, but then there's the not so obvious mm-hmm. stuff. It's actually the not so obvious stuff that really um, like seeps poison into our hearts because we're so consumed with it every day. That's actually what's scary nowadays. So what is porn? Like it is literally everywhere. Wow. Wow. That is actually like for somebody to hear this for a first time, it would be like, that's kind of overwhelming to realize that you really in this world because we've been so um apart from God's design for sexuality and the cultural narrative is so strong I feel like we're yeah I think it could be a bit of a shock to realize that how strong it is and that yeah how we're being influenced every single day and I think that is that's just what comes to my mind as you're talking like mm-hmm. wow we are being we're being influenced without us even wanting to be. And I think it would be great for you, Sean, to share more about what, how is it influencing us, this carbon monoxide? Like, how is it influencing men and women? And how is pornography really influencing us? Yeah, the carbon monoxide is the stuff that people are intaking on a daily basis. Like, it's gotten to the point where, well, and I think we've, it's always been a problem with other things too, but like, I have several clients that are relapsing and masturbating on Instagram every day. Like that's obviously a huge problem that you click on an app and you go to the explore section and the whole thing is just other half naked women or half naked men. Like basically what that's saying is that I'm an object, objectify me, look at me, look at me, you know, lust over me, masturbate to me. Like that's the messages that is, is from these pictures. Like these, Broken people are using their bodies to grow their influence and basically their influence is people that are objectifying them and lusting over mm. them. And it's just this really sad story mm. of like, yeah, people that want to use their bodies to gain attention and they gain attention from people that are usually you know, struggling with things like intimacy disorder, which is usually porn addicts, people Mm -hmm. that are struggling with pornography and yeah, prostitution and whatnot. Like they have an intimacy disorder. They don't actually know how to like emotionally connect with Mm -hmm. people. So they go on Instagram, they go on social media, they use that as an outlet of a way to follow people and feel like they're connected. And it's, it's just this crazy Mm. disaster that's creating objectification ultimately at the core of all of this is yeah. objectification and dehumanization dehumanization yeah. and and really like violence against women mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's what the porn industry is all about is violence against women i think you know as i as i see this i think my heart is kind of broken for this cycle we are in because you know women um and they might get me wrong like i actually can relate because i watch pornography as well and we as women can feel this immense pressure then from this influence to you know be that that all that matters and if we want to be anything in the world we just have to be pretty we have to be Mm. good looking we have to be sexy we have to be hot and if we are not then we are the utmost failures and we are never going to get anywhere in the world and that's literally what actually this message is telling us. So what do you think? Like, right? This is how we've been influenced. Yeah. So we're in this circle. And 
and it's so much pressure. And so then, then a woman influencer goes and, you know, here you go. And just find herself in that situation that she can, you can influence with her body because that's kind of what she sees everybody else is doing. And, and that's what everybody else tells her to do. And so there is, but then she feels it doesn't give her satisfaction, right? And it just only brings her further into her object, objectifying herself and actually dehumanizing herself. But she doesn't realize is that she's in the cycle of the messages that she's been believing that that's how she's going to feel better. And the same thing for men, right? Like they're in the same cycle again from these, you know, they cope with their own um, issues by this. And... Yeah. Oh, it just breaks my heart because both on these sides, mm-hmm. I just see men and women literally just struggling. And uh, i that's literally what I see. Mm-hmm. And when, yeah, and pornography, obviously, um, we are not going to be talking today about sex trafficking. That's another episode. But obviously, sex trafficking is huge when it comes to pornography. And that breaks my heart big time. Yeah. And just... Yeah, I think this is very heavy what we're talking today about. And I just think that it's it's so important to just bring attention to that there are underlying things to pornography. So, Sean, can you talk about those? Yeah. Yeah, underlying roots go deep and wide, Um, you know, just from a simple standpoint like this whole issue is like a brain problem the way the brain gets programmed the way the brain has chemical makeup that basically get ruined by pornography for lack of a better word like the brain gets rewired in a negative way from watching pornography from us you know doing unhealthy things like sexually like god made sex to be beautiful when we have uh, sexual arousal when we when we orgasm like there's these beautiful chemical re- you know release that is really good for us but imagine when you're watching porn and you get the chemical release or your you know oxytocin's release and you're you know being bonded to a screen or mm. etc like when when these kind of chemicals are manufactured in unhealthy unnatural ways like the brain takes a hit Mm-hmm. And when the brain takes enough hits, it starts actually like deteriorating and like good parts of your brain start kind of being like messed up. Like there's dysfunction. They're mm-hmm. not going to work the way you want it to work. So like at the core of pornography addiction is like a brain problem, let alone the emotional side of it, the spiritual side of it, which of course we we, we are huge advocates of like the emotional needs like what did you miss out on growing up? How were you maybe abused or emotionally hurt? Mm-hmm. Spiritual, spiritual abuse, you know, it's incredible. Like we look at soul ties. We look at negative core beliefs. We look at like sins of our ancestors. Like these all mm-hmm. play a role um, into what we would say like is addiction, like strongholds, bondage are all different words for that. And like the idea of even an addiction, like some people say, oh, like, I'm not addicted that's too hard of a word you know and even like denial could very well be at the core Mm -hmm. of the problem here but like the idea of addiction i've heard it said is um you know you've tried to quit before and you can't you know the consequences and you keep doing it and you rearrange your life to 
make time and space for that habit, that addiction. Mm -hmm. And I've heard it said that way. And I find that to be like, wow, like one, two, three, most times those are all checked off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Most people have tried everything. Mm -hmm. Most people know the consequences. Most people kind of like make time before bed to do it, or they get up in the morning and they watch porn and relapse instead of doing something they know that is good for them, even Mm -hmm. eating breakfast. So Mm -hmm. without getting into all that, it's like, that's some of the, how did we get here? Like, what's the bigger problem? What's the core issue? What's below the surface kind of answer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, you know, I work with men. I see this stuff on a daily basis, but this like, isn't just like a man's problem. Like this is a woman's problem too. This is a problem for humans in general. Yes, this is a human problem. So like, you've, mm-hmm. you know, you've had your own struggle with pornography. Mm-hmm. You work with women with pornography. So like, what have you seen? Like what I just said, do you see the same thing hun? yeah yeah oh definitely i think there is a quite a misunderstanding when it comes to women and pornography and yeah because there's so many women struggling and that they feel so alone like they feel so alone like i am a woman why do i watch pornography and even just like i think that there could be a lot of um misuse of women that are watching pornography that could actually be even further abuse and a lot of them are mm-hmm. and a lot of them actually have experienced sexual abuse so that's my experience with working with women and the statistics and so it's just really wow. um really sad to to see that and I, I i see a huge misunderstanding when it comes to women and pornography and um i think you would be surprised even some like regular women that you would think that would never watch it and i think also that there's this understanding of like oh like she's watching pornography so like she must love sex and like you know so if i'm watching pornography and you're watching pornography like let's get married and let's Mm. watch pornography together and we'll never have gonna sex problems because we're Mm. it's so like this is what's happening and especially is happening to young people and Man, it can't be far away from, further away from truth that we're, you know, that's actually taking people so much further and mm. further away from them experiencing intimacy, from them experiencing, yeah. and, and a lie about the women that while she must love sex, it's, it, that's actually, um, it's actually really sad because mm. the same way that the man is wired to the screen then you as a woman, if you watch pornography, the same way you're wired to the screen. And so here you go. You have two real people who wanted to have sex together. They want to be intimate together. And here you go. We can't because mm. you are wired with the dopamine in the brain and everything because God did not made us this way to the screen. And, you know, <laughs> you are wired to the screen. And so then for for people to have sex then they need mm. a screen mm. they need an extra thing wow. to to create that uh that level of dopamine because they can't mm. get they can interrupt themselves anymore and i think this is what i see so i just wanted to like share from my heart you know that there's so much there's so much to talk about yeah. and when it comes to women and also like one thing i want to say is that there's so much pressure you know when it comes to this to just keep it silent for women and never shared with anybody and that there could be also the other side that somebody's gonna think that 
I'm dirty and this and that and I just see so much like shame and really huge huge silence when mm-hmm. it comes to this topic and that drives the women further and further into shame further and further mm-hmm. into like hiding and yeah. um yeah and 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 like not even know what to what to do with it so and again the core issue right is I totally resonate on this is a human problem like we we uh, we are you know sinful human beings and we are going further away from God's design that's just the reality like we do go away from God's design and therefore we do find ourselves in these places that are just you know the opposite of God's design is actually the insatisfaction of and if God makes it beautiful, you know, the things, like the opposite, like what is the opposite? Like pornography is well, totally away from yeah. God's design. Yeah, it's a plastic version of sex and mm-hmm. like, it's, a, it's written in unwantedly. It's that God made sex beautiful and Satan hates God. Mm-hmm. So what does Satan do is he tries to corrupt the things that God made. He doesn't try and stop sex because he can't. So what does he do? He corrupts it. That's pornography, mm. right? What does he do? He, he, he corrupts marriage. What is that? That's divorce. That's separation. That's adultery. We can see it time and time again that the enemy takes what God made and poisons it. Because yes. bad is spoiled good. Mm-hmm. And that's a quote from Unwanted that's just so powerful. All things started good. Bad things are spoiled good things. Yes. So sex can't be annihilated. So what does Satan do? He creates porn. And what does porn do? It ruins marriages. Mm-hmm. ruins men. It ruins women. It ruins people's faith because of shame. It mm-hmm. ruins families and parents and kids and so much more so as you were talking i was thinking in my head like maybe we can talk about some of the signs like what does it look like like somebody who's addicted to porn or even like yeah let's just let's just focus on like someone who's addicted to porn like what does it look like for them like i know you and i can like tell when we're if we're talking to somebody yeah maybe we shouldn't say that (laughs) well no we should it's like you can tell by their eye contact by certain things like we're not going to give an exhaustive list but like what are some signs hun that's kind of like i'm pretty sure that guy watches porn and like as a woman yeah you would see differently and obviously like i'm saying like a man but like a woman as well but like what are some signs you would say hun yeah I, i don't i don't feel super like i don't want to like bring this into like a judgment kind of no. this is not how we look at people no. but i think it's important that's not at all <laughs> we don't walk around every day with a clipboard say joey for sure we ain't gonna see joey to anymore <laughs> no because our sorry if your name's point, joey. i'm so sorry if your name's our, joey. our whole point of this is that we can actually finally feel like human beings that are honest with each other and then we don't have to hide anything from each other. Like, you know, I think if we all just become more, a little bit more honest. And yeah, like if you're, I think it's important to know if you have somebody that you can just connect with them if they are struggling. Because sometimes it does, you know, 
uh, a lot of these people just feel so alone and they don't even know if you're safe. So maybe it doesn't mean like you would just come up to that person and say, hey, you're watching porn. But, <laughs> you know, at least if you can see it, maybe you can start sharing your story or whatever that is. But yeah, I see, I see many times, um, like, I think, you know, it's either like overconfidence with women or it's a huge underconfidence with men. And so, you know, it's it's the inability to, to be natural. Mm. Um, wow. uh, and that's that's really like the overconfidence. That's what I'm thinking. Like that's it's it's just the yeah, like the overconfident person that I, I know and I have seen it many times and um, yeah, the same thing I think the the kind of just not the inability to look in the eye you know just a a lot of like hiding and shame and i see that it was with women as well like there is a huge um kind of like it's it's difficult to connect with them like talk to them a bit more Hmm. um have like a further conversation Hmm. and um it could also be underconfidence and overconfidence so like Either the the girl is just like overly, you know, just thinks she's got the world in her hands, or mm. or then she is super shy and mm. like there's something happening. And most of the times, this is what I've experienced. Most of the times, the girls are watching pornography, and uh, and that has been influencing them. Hmm. It was almost like an overcompensation. I was like, if I act a certain way, they won't find out. Mm-hmm. Or then there's like a, such a shame where they become shy and avoidant. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Because totally. I was like that. I was... Totally. Yeah. I was trying to be overconfident because that's how I was able to... Yeah. Kind of just look strong. Mm. And then nobody's going to find out if I'm wow. just look confident that... Wow. That's yeah. really powerful. Yeah, and some of the other like classic signs would be somebody who has anxiety, someone who is more more often isolated. Mm-hmm. They maybe are more of a, a shy person. They mm-hmm. are maybe more of a like a loner kind of person. Um, maybe they're an over server at church. It's actually a really good tail sign that like somebody who's an over server is somebody mm-hmm. who wants to work their way out of sin in a way yeah you know it could be those people that are just always gung-ho like a very optimistic person could be because they want to you know they want to be optimistic um and and hide their problem so it's kind of this there's kind of like the two extremes very rarely is there a middle ground it's like there's the extreme of like isolation and avoidance and numbing and and someone who would be more lonely and then there's the other extreme of like overcompensating, overconfidence, overserving, and it's an interesting dynamic. It is, yeah. So that's why, like, when we say like there's signs, we can usually tell when somebody might have a either a porn addiction or at least a struggle. Uh, it's because they're quite extremists in many ways, and you because, can usually yeah, tell yeah. by just how they handle relationship. Are they emotionally connected? If they're married, you can kind of just tell the way they treat their spouse, the way they are a parent. 
Like there are just signs that show us the mm. way they make eye contact or not, the way they talk or don't talk, the tone, the style, the confidence or ability. So yeah, mm. without going too too far and, and you know us just sharing what we've seen, it's not not to stereotype or anything, but there there are definitely signs to say mm. like there's something off. And it'd be great to have a conversation with that person. Yeah, and that's we are not. Yeah, again, we are saying this because we are we care for pe- for people to know. Um, yeah, that that they could connect with that person because usually that person might not want to connect on their own. Yeah, and it's just a. Yeah, it's just to like maybe start having more conversations together. Maybe invite a couple for dinner and and yeah. like just connect because you know people just really feel so alone in their marriages and especially if there's pornography. Yeah. Oh my. That totally. is, oh man, it's just crazy how people feel lonely to start talking about this. So if we can become safe for each other, that we can open up to one another. That's that's mm. when we can really grow together as yeah. humans and <laughs> actually, you know, grow together to to the God's design for church and community. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's so beautiful, hun. It's it's so important that we don't just try and you know, fix people. Like No, no. I heard it said once that like atheists don't need Christians to give them information. They need presence. Mm-hmm. So if we're looking at somebody who's struggling with an addiction and they're in their individual or it's affected their marriage, like these people don't need information they don't need you to whatever they just need presence Mm -hmm. safety is such a huge thing because what does safety mean it means there's an opportunity for vulnerability Mm -hmm. and what does vulnerability do it crushes shame and when there is no more shame there is healing so that is a huge piece so yeah everything you're saying it's like we don't share these signs for you to start looking at people differently we share these signs for you to start loving people differently. That's right. That's right. And notice that, you, like, I guarantee that people who are listening to this podcast, every one of them, have some sort of pornography story. Yeah. Wow. For it, sure. When it comes to, like, every single one of us has a pornography story. Like, pornography is everywhere. We know, like, regardless, you know, of how we've seen it. Uh, we all have a story or um, and also how we've been influenced by somebody else, maybe our loved ones. And I think this is why it's so important that we really give it a lot of love yeah. to really realize that we got to love the sinner and hate the sin. Mm-hmm. And really, like, the, the, the reality is the evil. It's not... It's not as much as the human. The reality is the evil is trying to crush the human hmm. and crush uh, God's God's perfect design and His His love for us. Yeah, yeah. Statistics show that seventy percent of men on a Sunday at church are watching porn on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fifty six or sixty percent of pastors are watching porn on a regular basis. Uh, statistics show like 7% of churches in North America have anything in place to help people with pornography addiction. Wow. So like there's this system that's failing, like tons of people struggling, not many programs being offered, let alone even if they're good programs. So it's like there's a huge problem 
it's it's a pandemic of its own. It's like tons of people struggling, not enough good resources. So what does that mean? That means more people are going to stay stuck. More people are going to become part of that statistic unless something changes. And that's so what, what we're we so need? passionate yeah. about, right? What do we need? Like, what do we need to even start looking different at the problem? Because we talked about the problem, but how do we start looking differently at the carbon monoxide yeah. that we're breathing? Yeah. How do we become new people? People of like, how do we, you know, how do we, yeah, like, we really follow the Lord passionately yeah. and stand for the right thing, not white knuckling, but... Yeah really be people of God, like how, yeah, Sean, just tell me, like, what do we do? Yeah, there's many avenues of healing and whatnot, but, like, the mini course that I created, I think, really puts it in, like, a three-themed idea of, like, becoming curious, becoming consistent, becoming confident, and I think it's important, like, that first one is everything, being curious, Curiosity offers compassion. It asks questions. It grows emotional self-awareness. It opens the door for healing. So becoming curious is all about looking at our life, our story especially, and looking at the debris that has been left along the way from how we were treated or not treated growing up by parents and teachers and coaches and different people that have been a part of our life, sexual abuse, neglect. Uh, there's different things like called enmeshment and whatnot, but like becoming curious about how our past has influenced and programmed and contributed to our present struggles. Becoming curious about why do I pick up my phone at 8 p.m. every night? What's, what happens during my day that sends me home feeling like I need a release? Becoming curious about the things that we grab onto that we do or don't do. Why? Asking these questions helps us grow in self-awareness as to what, what triggers us. What do we go to for safety even though we know that it doesn't actually serve us? What do we go to for intimacy even though it doesn't serve us? What do we go to for connection even though it doesn't serve us? We get into these crazy ruts. And if we just became curious about the decisions we make, starting with the thoughts we have, the feelings we have, the actions we take, asking more why questions, mm -hmm. praying specifically about those things, getting into community and having great friends to talk to about those things. Like becoming curious is so important because mm -hmm. curiosity is what re is required and you need to be compassionate to your story and to yourself to be curious. You can't go into curiosity with a mentality of, I'm a failure. I suck. This is terrible. It's more like something else is going on here. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, ex, I'm gonna receive God's mercy and love, and and allow myself to explore, not to prove that I'm a failure, but to prove that there's more to this than me being a failure. Mm -hmm. So you are a huge advocate of curiosity. Oh yeah, it, you just actually reminded me of. Wow, I really need to do this right now. <laughs> yeah, we coach ourselves a lot through like, this podcast. Wow, yeah. I think I need to be more curious about why I just went on my phone today so much. Like, 
it's crazy because this is this is our life like you know you're gonna find always something that you realize that you're just stumbling on and you need more curiosity just just why am i doing this like why uh yeah why am i choosing this over over something healthy that there is something underneath this yeah absolutely so Mm. curiosity is tremendous there's also an aspect in like one of the first steps someone needs to take is is to take ownership and to take a level of responsibility for wow that's hard it, it, it is hard but taking ownership of what you can own taking responsibility for how you respond to things which leads to some level of control of your thought life of your emotions, your feelings, of the actions you take, the perceptions you have, the words you use, the decisions you make. Like once we become curious, we start learning about why we do what we do, then we can have a level of ownership of saying like, I'm an adult. I'm going to make adult choices. So good. And then we respond differently. And then that leads to us feeling a sense of control and which can feel actually very empowering. And that leads to more choices and, and then that kind of leads into theme number two, which is becoming consistent, consistent with things like journaling, becoming self-aware, becoming consistent with healthy things that we, you know, if we're longing for connection after becoming curious, if we find out that we're longing for connection, longing for validation, longing for intimacy, it's now up to us to actually get those things met in healthy ways that are actually fulfilling. Mm. So becoming consistent in how do you do that? Like there's nothing better than when you start feeling consistent in healthy habits, right? Oh, like yeah, that is, is that is empowering to anybody. Um, so so that's a huge thing. And there is a caveat there. I think a lot of people that struggle with pornography or addictions in general, um, they actually fear consistency because they are perfectly or maybe not perfectly like like they're the best at sabotaging themselves they let their minds race of like is this just a fluke maybe i'm just getting lucky this won't last like stop that like when you start doing what actually works becoming curious taking ownership and responsibility growing in consistency through journaling and these things it's like that can only lead to great results So like that's one of the biggest things I see with my guys that I work with is like self-sabotage when things are starting to go good. It's like they're going good because you're doing the right things. Mm -hmm. Stop thinking this is a fluke or, you know, something that must be primed to go wrong. Like that's just not necessary. So it's really important that as you become consistent, you actually start getting excited about the consistency. So journaling is going to be such a huge key to self-awareness and growing in consistency, you know, acting on those better healthy habits that you know are actually getting your longings met. And like really like consistency, one of the best things we can grow consistently in is is repentance. As Christians, as people who fall short of the glory of God, the grace of God, we actually are called to consistently repent. And I think there's something so powerful in that. It's not that you're begging for forgiveness. It's that you are actually choosing to say, God, I I messed up. I want to turn from my own ways and turn towards yours. And if we can be consistently doing that, 
Oh man, that like mm, that builds so such a great relationship with God and, mm-hmm. and repentance. Confession of repentance isn't the F word as I've heard it said before. It's not like, oh man, you better confess because you're such a failure. It's like, man, it's an invitation to reconnect with God when we mess up. Mm. And that is what's so beautiful about it. So yeah, there's going to be like, there's lots of tools and tips and resources and stuff like in these themes, curiosity and consistency. Uh, we don't want to be here for hours. So like, yeah, yeah that, that's enough for the, that, the consistency theme. Uh-huh. Uh, did you want to add anything there, hun? No, I think that's really great. I think just giving people hope that, you know, we, we want to become new people. Like yeah. pe- we want to become people of God and we want to come closer to God. And being the influencers, like we're actually, we as Christians, sex is our territory to be reclaimed back. Not for the enemy to to have a hold on, not the culture to tell us what we we think that sex should be Hmm. and pornography tell us. But this is our territory to be reclaimed. This is kind of what I want to say. We got to be the people that influence, influence in a healthy way, this world and the, the people around us hmm. and really reclaim that territory back. Hmm. That's so good. So, so good. Yeah, and as I'm thinking about my mini course right now, inconsistency is actually like having purposeful community as well. Like that's mm-hmm. so important. You cannot heal in a vacuum. You also can't really heal by just having like one or two guys that check in on you like police officers. You need to have purposeful faithful friends that are helping you pursue purpose in your walk with God and in your marriage, in your sexual integrity. So purposeful friendships are really, really important. And that's something that like we offer, I offer a community for the men that I work with. Uh, We also offer like several different journaling methods and stuff. So again, if you want more like how to do these things, um, let's, let's talk. We would love to. Uh, And the third theme is what I was getting at there was becoming confident and that one is super sweet because when you start feeling confident, like that is when life starts changing. Mm-hmm. So becoming confident has a lot to do with your identity, like getting rid of what's in the way with negative core beliefs, negative thoughts, soul ties, attachments, breaking those things because you can't be confident when there's a bunch of junk in the way. Mm-hmm. So that is such an important piece So that is like, reclaiming your identity in christ mm, that's so beautiful. like that is monumental fundamental um becoming confident in the in, in some of the exercises that we do like inner child healing being able to understand your fantasy like being confident that you have beautiful longings and mm. and getting those met is a good thing so self-care soul care um yeah just developing a routine and life that you enjoy Mm-hmm. Like that is when you become confident when you wake up knowing that you know how to make good choices because you're taking ownership because you're curious because you're journaling you're self-aware you're repentant you're close to God like you have a new core beliefs that is what leads to what we call freedom mm-hmm. the ability to make good choices in all situations mm-hmm. that is awesome. So like that's just kind of like a simple one, two, three, becoming curious, becoming consistent, becoming confident. Um, you know, the program I bring guys through is definitely more in depth than just that. But like that's just a cool way to think. You can, you know, have these themes of curiosity, consistency, confidence. 
And, yeah. and I think it's important for us to have like tangible, simple ways to communicate. How do people heal? Yeah. How do totally. people actually find freedom? How do they actually work at this problem? Because most recovery programs are behavior management, mm-hmm. less management. They're about policing. You find a couple of accountability partners. You go to a small group once a week and you sit in a circle and talk about how you relapsed. And then we, you pray for each other. Like that stuff's not helpful. Like it, it, it can be an addition, like being in a group and whatnot could be helpful. But like there's so much out there that's being preached as like the solution. And it just doesn't work. Mm, and our heartbeat with Secret Habit is to offer recovery methods and tools that are focused on purpose and pursuit of growth mm-hmm. and progress. Mm-hmm. Not just checking boxes. Yeah. And, and that's why we're... I think it's just beautiful. Like I see God really transformed, you know, what really happened and what the enemy wanted to use for evil. And he is now, you know, transferred him to good and to give God the glory hmm. and using you to um, to influence and to bring other people to the Lord and to live in, in just fullness hmm. and... That's kind of what I, yeah, I just am excited about that. And I, I really want people to know that, yeah, that you are an amazing, amazing um, person that I actually, yeah, I believe that God has using you as a vessel mm-hmm. to help people that are struggling with pornography currently and be that influencer, mm-hmm. be that vessel to actually change what's mm-hmm. happening. And so... I'm super proud of you and I'm mm. really grateful that we can talk about it today and just and let people know that, yeah. hey, if you're struggling, like just connect with Sean and he, he, could re- he can really guide you, guide you well. And mm. um, I have seen him. So Thanks, that's, that's for me. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Mm. Yeah. As you're saying that, I'm just thinking about uh, a past client that I got to see today. And he is just kicking butt in life. And it was so cool. That's amazing. It was just such a reminder of how God heals. Mm. And he's actually helping other men now. And it's just so, so cool. So I am grateful to be able to coach men. If you're looking for help, Mm. do reach out and let's talk. Book a discovery call. It's a free option. We can have a chat about how... Your story plays into my story and how we can serve you through Secret Habit and help Mm. you experience those three themes and more and get the freedom that you deserve. So as we wrap up this sensitive, challenging, big topic, which you will probably do more episodes on because it is something that we're passionate about and we know that it's a big one. But as we wrap up every episode... We want you to let our failures be your success. So thank you for tuning in. God bless. God bless and lots of love. Hey, if you found value from this episode, it would be amazing if you would consider leaving a five-star review. That way you are contributing to this podcast being able to be seen by more people and extend their reach so others can see and hear the value that you just got. And hey, hit subscribe. That way you will get episodes right to your inbox, right to your library as soon as they come out. So thank you so much for tuning in. God bless.